Hey, this is Chad Brown. Thanks for checking out Chad and Nate On Demand, presented by SCL Mortgage, the home of MySpecialMortgage.com. Live from UC Health Training Center, Elite Sportsbook presents Training Camp 2022, ready to ride. Here's Chad and Nate. Happy Tuesday out there. Chad and Nate coming at you from UC Health Training Center. How you doing, partner? Doing good, man. Doing good. A little traffic getting here today for everybody. I saw you were... uh Hustling. Hustling by the skin of your teeth. Took the other exit, hopped the fence, and was spreading over here. You made it. You're not even out of breath. Uh, no, uh, I kept myself under control. But, man, it was uh, it was one of those mornings where life was uh, conspiring against me. What else other uh, than the traffic? There was traffic on 25, so traffic going north on 25. Yeah. A lot of looky-loos. Looked like there was a big accident over there, so people going south were slowed down due to that. Um, you know, I have my place in Cherry Creek, so my garage is in one of those alleys. Mm. But they do deliveries to the restaurants <laughs> on one side of the alley this time of the morning. And they're building some houses and doing some construction at the other side of the alley. So I pull out of my garage, and there's just trucks on both sides of the alley. I'm just like, what am I supposed to do here? Uh, so that did slowed you, me down. Did you, did you yell at somebody? Did you, did you let them know? Yeah, I had to get out of the car and do that. that hey, that I got look. work, man. Some people got to leave, man. We got to be somewhere. Is that what you did? Yes. What did they say? Sorry. Yeah. And then they took another five minutes. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, man. You know, they, they, they parked the truck. They've got it unloaded. I, you know, everyone's got a job to do. I just have to get to mine on time, people. But so, uh, here does I Does that make you feel like, you know how you have a tendency to kind of maximize every minute in your getting ready process? I woke up. 10 minutes early this morning. Oh, you did? Yes. No, no, so luckily, no. wow. luckily, uh, I did all that. Otherwise, uh, you'd be on with Mike Evans right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, ha- happy you made it. Another beautiful day here at UC Health Training Center. Um, they're, they're going full pads today. Yeah. It's going to be a physical practice. There's a lot of fans coming in. This actually might be the last real fully padded practice of camp. Well, Thursday. Well, Thursday, but that's with another team. Okay, yeah. Right? So so they got they got the Cowboys coming in, and then obviously Friday's going to be nothing, and then the game, and then camp's, camp's over. Camp is over. So this is your last real practice against your teammates. It and that, and so that, makes, that makes four total. Wow. Total, man. It, so that's a, that's a different uh, different world than we're used to. You know, that, that's been a topic of conversation for the last couple of weeks, and a lot of people were like, stop talking about it. But it's just unusual, and so it's something that we're all getting used to. But um, fans are filing down on the hill up there. They've opened the gates and expecting a good crowd today. It's going to be uh, probably another hot one. Even when it's not supposed to be a hot one, it ends up being a hot one. Like yesterday morning, it was all crisp and nice. Great. And it's like, yeah. ah. and then by the end of the day, it was freaking scorcher again. Dude. Yeah. And we got like another week ahead of us of like 96, 97. Because uh, at this point yesterday, I think it was 70 degrees. I actually said, uh, I'm a little chilly right now. Yeah. I'd love to have a long sleeve shirt on. Yeah. And now we're close to getting close to 80, same time of the day. It's going to be a hot one for sure. Uh, so, you know, uh, coaches, I think, secretly root for hot weather during, some of, the, yeah, during some of these days at training camp. So if you were a coach, how would you feel about hot weather? Do you want to push your guys through it and, like, you know, make them suffer? Or do you prefer if it's a little cooler? It wouldn't be about the uh, desire, you know, uh, when I became a coach, uh, someone, another coach told me, you know, becoming a coach, you learn to uh, be indifferent to other people's pain, Yeah, basically. It wouldn't be because of that. It wouldn't be like, oh, I want these guys to suffer. 
No, it's, I would want it because at some point early this season, you're going to play in a hot game, and you've got to be prepared for that. So uh, it would be far less about uh, the players got to you know they got to grind it through. This is what we're going to encounter at some point at some point in early September, uh, you know, through through early October. So let's find a way to fight through this, deal with it. Uh, when you are, you're always going to be sweaty playing a football game. But some of that early September lather uh, as a ball carrier, it can make the ball slippery. It can make your gloves slippery. So you've got to get used <laughs> to all those things. Yeah, I guess. I I, I don't remember. I actually, played I played in one really hot game. In the six years I played here, and that was in Miami. It was like you know, first first couple weeks of the season. Yep. I think it might have been opening weekend, but other than that, we never really, really had super hot games here. Good for you. Yeah. Well, I guess it's just good for Denver because it's not that hot in September, but it's starting to feel like it's gonna be. Like it's getting hotter every single year. Is it just me? Or, <laughs> no, but seriously, is it just me, Chad, or is or is each summer getting hotter? Is this summer? unusually hot for Denver? Uh, I can't comment on Denver. I do know the climate has you know, increased in temperature uh, a great degree or two almost every year. Almost every year we set a new climate record. So uh, I don't know specifically about Denver. I certainly have been here since 1988 and remember some pretty hot days as I was training and preparing to go to camp and things like that. Uh, but for most of them, you know, obviously for all my career, I wasn't here. So I can't speak on how that felt that time. Seattle don't here. get hot. Uh, but we were at the Eastern Washington University. So that's on the other side of the mountains. So it's actually the climate's pretty similar to here. And one year in training camp in Seattle at Eastern Washington University in Cheney, Washington, uh, the I think we had uh, 10 or 12 days in a row of 100-plus temperatures. Oh, wow. Um Opening day in Jackson, opening day in Pittsburgh, we played in Jacksonville. They swapped out their dark uniforms for light uniforms for my Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm. We wore black jerseys and black helmets. Ooh. I felt like my brain was dripping out of my helmet with Dang. my sweat. Uh, I played in Miami on opening day as a Seattle Seahawk. Yeah. Um, my pants were so wet. There's a picture of of me. You can see through my pants. That's how wet. I was. Wow. Yeah. Um, I played. Uh, but you didn't have to go pee. Because <laughs> it just you're basically peeing out of your pores. Yeah, I was hydrated. I was definitely losing water that day. Played in Arizona on opening day as a Seattle Seahawk, and again they chose to go with their light uniforms, forced our Seahawks to go with our dark uniforms. I think it was 112 that day. The Dang. field temperature was 125. Ooh. Yeah. So not pleasant. There, done that. So, yes, you got to prepare and use these hot days to get your team mentally tough enough to play in hot days. Yep, so September 12th is a opening game. That's in Seattle. That's a 6-15 start. Probably not going to be a weather issue there. Uh, should not be. You know, there's always a couple of 100-degree days uh, in Seattle over the summer. But by the time September rolls around, it's cooled off a bit. Seattle's kind of like Denver used to be, where when you buy a house in Seattle, it often doesn't come, or most of the time, doesn't come with air conditioning. Oh, is that right? You have to pay extra for that. Mm, wow. Because it doesn't get that warm there. Um, and then September 18th, game number two, Texans here at home, uh, 225 start. That could be hot. And then the next week, September 25th, 6.20 p.m. It's a night game at home against the Niners. And then we're, we're in Vegas October 2nd. So, And then by then, hopefully, the weather will be subsiding. So really, maybe only one one or two possible hot games. But, hey, you, you got to prepare for those. And you got to get off to a hot start. People have been talking about the Broncos needing to get off to a hot start to make it to the playoffs, to have 
a good season. Chad, what are your – because on paper that might be true. But on, but in reality, I think one team in the AFC West isn't going to be very good this year. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't think everybody's going to be as good as everybody thinks everybody's going to be. <laughs> okay. Some team's going to fall everybody. off. Some team's going to have a catastrophic injury. Some uh-huh. team is just not going to get clicking. So which team is that? Is that the Chiefs? Because of what they've lost and the fact that they renamed their stadium Giha? Or is it the Chargers and Brandon Staley le- hanging his team out to dry with horrible in-game decisions? Or is it the Raiders with Joshy Boy, who doesn't know how to look another man in the eye and tell him the truth? <laughs> Which of those three teams, or is it the Broncos, who have a first-year head coach and Russell Wilson, who just, you know, doesn't look like I thought he was going to look out here. He's not making the throws so that, that we thought. He doesn't look much different from Teddy. Wow. Who is going to be the doormat in this division? This is a tough one because there are obviously tons of positives about every single team, but then there's question marks about every single team. Oh, it's Andy Reid, it's Eric Bieniemy, it's Patrick Mahomes, it's Travis Kelsey. Well, you lost the most difficult to defend guy in all the NFL in Tyreek Hill. Oh, it's the Chargers. But here in Denver, you know, the Saints, the Chargers are going to charge her. Are the Chargers past kind of being the Chargers and chargering their way out of success? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Richie, Richie, <laughs> Richie just gave you a look. Well, it's true, though. Yeah. Isn't that what they say? Chargers going to charge you? No, they do. Raiders right. going to Raider. Chiefs going to Chief. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, Broncos the, going to Broncos. Yes. And then for the, the Raiders, yes, they have a new head coach as well. So how does all that fit and come together? And then here, new coach, new quarterback. So there's question marks around the division, but clearly there's a – the incredible talent uh, in the quarterback rooms makes this a compelling division to talk about, but I can't say what team it's going to be, nor can I predict you know, where this injury is going to be that's going to change people's uh, successes in this division. Um, but to your point, it's going to be impossible. Well, maybe not impossible. Nearly impossible for everyone to find a way to play perfectly uh, in this division, and someone is going to fall behind. Um, and it's, it's not going to take much in this division to fall behind because there's so much talent here. So uh, I don't know the answer to your question. Yeah, the reason why I ask that is because we, we talk about the schedule and the need to get off to a certain type of start because of the difficulty of the end of the schedule. But at the, at the end of the schedule, you're going to face some teams who you think are going to be really good but aren't going to be playing very well. The very last game of the season, January 8th, is against the Chargers. The game before that on New Year's Day is against the Chiefs. The game before that on Christmas Day is against the Rams. The game before that is on December 18th is against the Cardinals. All four of those teams were pretty good last year. But and then before you play the Cardinals, you play the Chiefs. Exactly, yes. you play the Chiefs and so they so they backload those divisional opponents at the end of the season for them to be more meaningful, right? It does create great drama and right now we think all those teams are going to be good. But who but probably for one of those teams, maybe even two, nothing's going to be on the line. Yeah. Well, uh, our analysis of Training Camp 2022, Ready to Ride, is presented by Elite Sportsbook. Uh, today, the new ownership of the Walton Penner Group becomes official. Uh, Nate and I will talk about what that means from a football perspective, what's first on their list, all that stuff. That's next. Live from UC Health Training Center, Elite Sportsbook presents Training Camp 2022, Ready to Ride. Here's Chad and Nate. It's a new dawn, it's a new day, it's a new life for me, yeah. It's a new dawn, it's a new day, it's a new life for me, and I'm feeling good. 
little Nina Simone get us going this morning. Uh, it's a new dawn. It's a new dawn. It's a new day. Uh, a, a new shout out to the new ownership of the Denver Broncos. We talked a little bit uh, with Mike Kliss yesterday about the bowling era of ownership here, which you were a part of. Uh, classy, uh, great in the community, uh, dedicated to success. Uh, about everything you could want from an ownership group. A um, little bit of flamboyance with the fur coats from Pat. That's which, right. Which also were very iconic. Yep. You know, kind of solidified in an iconic status as well. When you think of Pat Boland, you know, I don't think of him in a suit. I think I'm in a giant fur coat on the sidelines, which just Colorado cool kind of dude. Um, I'm not sure if the Walton Pinner group, uh, has fur coats in their closets. You don't think? But hopefully they bring the same level of success yeah. that the Bowen ownership did. Yeah, it, it is a new era, man. And 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 we're never going to see that that dude down there on the sidelines in the fur coat and the gators and the aviators. Yes. Oh, don't forget the yes, the other yeah. accessories, Chad. Yeah, yes. you got you got to complete the outfit there, but no, like when I arrived here in 2003, I didn't I didn't know anything about Pat Bowen because I didn't, you know, I didn't care. Like, I didn't follow ownerships of other teams and stuff like that, but it, it quickly became clear what an owner like him can do for a team, for a, an organization, for a city, for a fan base. Just the steadying force and the competitiveness that he exhibited on a daily basis and empowering the coaches that he hired, empowering the people that he hired to do their jobs and giving them the resources they needed to do it. When I played here, man, it was an honor to play for Coach Shanahan and Pat Bowen. And I think to a man, we all believe that out here. And so we were willing to do what was asked of us because of that honor. And I asked Mike Kliss yesterday to what extent he thought the struggles on the field over the last five or six years have been a reflection of the ownership struggles upstairs. And he said, no, nah, I don't think it has much to do with it, you know. But to me, I, I do because I, I believe in, like, the existential. I believe in, like, the the connection, the, the connective tissue of an organization, how it trickles down. And then, you know, the, the, the essence of what you're going through as a group gets reflected out here on the field and a, and a lack of leadership or a lack of a figurehead at the top means everyone's a little bit lost underneath him. And how does everyone perform their jobs with as much precision, as much passion when they're a little bit lost in their jobs without that leader? I think as soon as he left the building, the Broncos got a little weaker. And so I do believe that Joe Ellis did a heck of a job holding it up and juggling a lot of issues, um, you know, on the field, off the field. I think Joe Ellis should be commended and the trust should be commended at doing their best and delivering a Super Bowl and, um, you know, keeping this ship above water. And I think it's a huge relief to everybody in this building to finally have this day come. It's been a long time coming. I've been talking to some of my friends around here who work here. They don't know what to expect. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't know what the Walton group's going to be like if they're going to come in and want to bring in all their own people. They don't know, but they're also ready for whatever is coming because it has been, like I said, a long time coming. It's a huge relief that it's finally here, and I, I just hope that the Walton group um, carries that torch, you know, and holds the same standard, and I believe they will, but you never know how it's going to be. So uh, I think we need today to, to pay homage to that time in the last 38-plus years. Pat Bowen bought this team for, Mike Kliss was saying, $71, or $71, $71 million. And he sold it for $4.5 billion. That's a come up. That's a come up. That is a, quite the come up. But it's also a testament of how hard you work to make this 
uh, this business so valuable now. It's not just that the NFL is has, is is so valuable and profitable. It's that this team is what it is and attracted uh, Rob Walton and his group. So uh, hopefully they 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 keep that standard up. And I know that it's going to be nice for everyone to have this over and put to bed and to move on with their lives. Yeah, seven Super Bowl appearances, three Super Bowl victories for the Broncos under Pat Bowen and the Bowen family ownership. Uh, the uh, expansion of the media market for the league, uh, Pat Bowen was instrumental in developing Sunday Night Football, another, uh, you know, to, to go along with Monday Night Football, another primetime opportunity for the NFL to own the media and television landscape. Uh, also propelled the NFL to, you know, billions and billions of more dollars in media deals, therefore raising the value of the individual franchises around the league. The entire league, you know, owes a tip of the cap to Pat Bowen and the Bowen family ownership for helping them make a ton of money collectively. So uh, awesome for that. But now the uh, Walton Pinner group will take over today. The, the league vote is today. All 32 owners or a representative will vote. Uh, need 75% of that vote to have approval for the new ownership. We are expecting 100%, if not very close. There are a couple of uh, rogues out there. Mike Brown with the Bengals and uh, uh, Davis with the Raiders can sometimes go a little bit uh, counter to just to be contrarians, but we expect the ownership to be uh, official today. If you are the new owner, Nate Jackson... Put on your put on your billionaire hat. Oh, okay. Well, hold on, let me get it. Uh, I see you got your your yeah. hat on now, but that's not a billionaire. You hat. got my billionaire. Okay, I got my billionaire hat on. All right. Now. I always keep it with me for situations like this. You never know when you need it. All right. So now you have your billionaire hat. So now you can start to think about big ticket items. What am I? What am I going to do? I bought this new shiny new franchise. What's on my list? What do I want to spend a ton of money on just to immediately say this is my ownership? I'm taking this thing over. Okay. Well. First thing I do, man, is I come on in and I uh, just start ripping pictures off the wall, just smashing them on the ground and saying, this is my business now. No, nah, man, what I would do is tiptoe on in here, man, and just kind of not change a gosh darn thing for the first year. Try to get to know people. Try to understand how this business works, how this team works, how it, how it operates in the community. I would attend some home games, you know, go to some games. Go see what that experience is like because, of course, a new stadium or an upgraded stadium is definitely on the horizon. Which one do you want to pursue? Do you want to do you want to upgrade the current stadium or do you want to build a new one? Um, I imagine that there's going to be a drumbeat to build a new stadium, but the question is, where do you do it? Do you do it downtown or do you do it in a in a in a in the middle of nowhere? I think that that's a huge decision to make. If you build a stadium in the middle of nowhere, which a lot of people advocate for, the multi-use stadium that has a retractable dome, Richie's nodding his head because he can already taste the Fuddruckers, like, chili cheese fries that he'll get. That it's, But, like, that's connected to it. It's an experience, right? But there's going to be hotels and chain restaurants attached to it. There's going to be no character to it. There's going to be no local businesses involved. The money's not going to go to the city. It's going to go to those corporations out by the airport. And Richie's pretending to shed a tear. He doesn't care about local businesses. Do you, Richie? Do you? So to me, there's there's a heart of a team is is downtown where the stadium currently resides. I would really consider leaving it where it is. I have no problem with that stadium. Some people, like DMAC is like, that stadium is like so far gone over the thing. Like, no, I love that stadium. There's nothing wrong with it. Richie wants a dome. Why? 
Why do you want a dome? So maybe you can host the Super Bowl once every 10 years? Who cares? Why? Right? Who cares about the Super Bowl, guys? Let's go play in it. Let's go play in it in Arizona. Yeah, put on those put on those headphones, Richie. Break it down. Oh, to no, us, that's Richie. fine. That's fine. I don't care about local businesses, but you just want to scoff at the idea of hosting a Super Bowl and other multinational events that would bring influxes of people into Denver to support all those small businesses downtown and those local businesses that could <laughs> use an increase in revenue are probably still reeling from the effects of COVID. But no, no, no that's fine because uh, we, need our, years. we need our tradition and our the, pride. The studies and are we out. can't have a dome in Denver. The studies are out. The Super Bowls are a net loser for every city the last I don't. Year. I don't actually <laughs> find that to be accurate. I think there's conflicting research on that. The, the studies have, have, have come out the last 10 years are a net loser for all those cities. By the time you add it up, yes, there's an initial little bit of bump of money, according to the studies, but in the end, it's a net loser considering all the infrastructure, the free hotel rooms they have to give away, all the other pieces that come to it, each city loses money in the end with a Super Bowl appearance. What say thee now? Again, I don't know that that's fully accurate because okay. I feel like I could produce research and numbers that would say something that's conflicting. But even still, what? even if it's not the even if it's not the like unbelievable end all fix all be all, it's still an opportunity. It's still an opportunity to grow, to modify, and to modernize your facility. The Broncos facility, their stadium, isn't that great. What isn't that great about it? It's old. It's kind of run it's down. It's in a horrible area. Horrible What's a, area? What? Yes. What? Downtown Denver's yeah. a horrible area? That part? You and you, you think just you on think, the other side of the you freeway. Think, like, Broncos country, the best we can do is walking over greasy railroad tracks and underpasses. and That's the, the city like, life, That's character. Man. Yeah, exactly. Oh, here we go. With what the, do you want? That's character. We can't. Just like we can't have a dome because, well, God forbid, you might not be able to see the sunset at a Broncos game. Like, that is something. It's really? the sun. It's the sun, man. It brings life. Yeah, okay, the Egyptians turned the sun into a god. Yeah, you That's know, how powerful it is. Richie, are you canceling the sun right now? Are you anti-sun? Yeah, you know what? We don't even need the sun. We get we get it for 300-plus days a year. Can we sacrifice it on a couple of nights for the sunset to have a brand-new facility, rebuild around it, have an awesome infrastructure? Come on, guys. All right. I, there, there's enough legs to this. We were going to continue to dive into this new ownership stadium question when we come back. Live from UC Health Training Center, Elite Sportsbook presents Training Camp 2022, ready to ride. Here's Chad and Nate. Wow. Uh, the conversation continued in the break, and uh, I'll just use this on the text line to sum it up. <laughs> Richie and James Merillat must be twin brothers. They both say dumb stuff. Mm. So the pushback on the text line, Richie, is quite strong about your de demand for a new stadium in the middle of nowhere. Well, what Richie said during the break that I thought was a, a, a good summation of his uh, theory. He wants a multiplex, multi-use stadium with all sorts of businesses out away from, and that's really nice and state-of-the-art to reflect the wealth of the owner. Right. A palace is that correct to the Walter? You wanted to Pinnacle. reflect the wealth of the owner. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the and the plebes and the city of Denver. You want to leave them behind oh and come God. to the palace oh of Walton. Where yes. We, where, where the, yes. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. And they must bring tribute when yes. they come to a game. Okay. That's not even the most incendiary thing I said during the break. I thought you were going to go somewhere else with that. <laughs> nah. Hold okay. on. Throw you under the bus. 
All right. Well, my opinion is I enjoy where the stadium is. I think it's iconic to drive past it uh, when you're on I-25. There's a certain sense of the Broncos and the city and the connective tissue between that when you drive past the stadium. I think that's the best part of it all. To have it out there in the middle of nowhere, maybe you could see it when you take off on a plane from DIA. Other than that, it's, it's something that's unseen until you pay tribute to the, the Walton ownership group and get admission to the stadium. That's not what I want. I love having stadiums as part of the downtown architecture in various cities. It ties the city to the team, the team to the city. It makes it all go around. It's a beautiful thing when that's the case. Yeah, there aren't a lot of cities, uh, sports cities in the country that have all of their stadiums and arenas right downtown. Yep. Like like most of them, they're in a weird industrial place. Richie has you know been using Arizona as an example. Uh, the stadium in Arizona, man, that's in the middle of nowhere. It's a spaceship landed in the middle of the desert. And there's some, yeah, there's some, like, you know, there's some Ruckers and some TGI Fridays right there. And there's some cool corporate hotels for two, two queen beds for, you know, blah, 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 blah. But it's, it's an experience that's very uh, watered down. Uh, there's not a lot of culture there. I mean, why would you go and stay out there? You know, why not go into the city? I think the the fact that the Broncos have their stadium downtown allows the city downtown to be also part of the attraction. If you come in here to watch a game and the stadium's out by the airport, you're going to stay at a hotel out the, by the airport, and the people who come to the games are going to look different as well. The same fan base ain't going to go to that stadium. Cause well, I thought be, they were true fans. It's going to be more expensive, and it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be a more expensive ticket. So it's going to price out a lot of the people who've been going to games since 1962. You realize, yeah, so you realize the majority of people that go to Broncos games now don't live in downtown Denver, right? They already come from the suburbs and the other places to come downtown they to watch a game. They all live in downtown so, Denver. So, so all of a sudden the commute is like, oh, Pearl Clutch, we can't drive out toward the airport, but we can drive from Highlands Ranch to downtown Denver or from Castle Rock to downtown Denver or from the Springs, even further away, to downtown Denver. So Have you it, seen- it feels like you're being very selective with your like, I need to plant my flag for this for the justice of these underserved people. And it's funny because you keep saying you keep saying there's going to be fud ruckers and chain hotels and all that. That's cute. I'm staring at an Einstein bagels coffee cup in front of you, which that's a pretty national chain. I don't think so that supports so, your argument for a state. No, 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 no. It's fun though. It's fine though because it feels like you're you're like corporate shunning. You're corporate shunning of like oh, gonna, all it's going to be is fud ruckers and chilies and TGI Fridays. Yeah, yeah, that's what it will be. Yeah, that, that's Delicious. fine. You're cool. With so, so you don't like those places. You clearly never go to eat at a chain restaurant. You're mom and pop specifically only. Yeah. Uh, but it's okay. You get your coffee and your Why bagel you so right and your Relax. muffin from a corporate chain. That's so, okay. So, so you... where do we draw the line, Nathan? <laughs> Richie, have you seen the prices of tickets? Don't 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 take that those headphones off. Have you seen the prices of tickets at SoFi and at Allegiant Stadium? The, the stadiums you want to model your stadium yeah. after. They are pricing out real fans. Have you seen the games there? Half of the away, uh, the supporters are away supporters. Half of them are home supporters. Do you understand what it'll do to the ticket prices if you put a brand new yes. fancy stadium that, in? And you're okay I, I with also, that. Yes, because that's inevitable anyways. Are they, are they going to play it in Power Field forever? Are they never going to build a new stadium? I, th- of course they will someday. Okay, so when they do that someday, that same exact thing's going to happen. Are you yelling? I'm not. I'm just saying. We're having a conversation. Okay, cool. <laughs> that's going to happen animated. when they, when they build a new stadium. Even if it's someday down the road, right. that's going to happen anyways, right? I'm so in why, favor what's the of it not being out there. Now. Well, does it need to be built now? 
It can be. No, it can, of course. We, can do, we can do anything. Exactly. Does it need to be? Is that the first order of business for the owner? That was where this discussion I think it should. I think it should be. Yeah. yeah. No, I think the first order of business should probably be paying Russell Wilson and getting that taken care of, but I think it's high on the list. Okay. okay. All right, just to keep the controversy going, because I don't think there's any way of settling settling the stadium issue uh, somewhat as much passion as Richie has about the issue, uh, what about new ownership and new uniforms? Uh, a... Maybe go with the old D on the helmet. Something like that. Something to make a splash. Obviously, the Walton Group, uh, Walmart, would have an interest in selling as many jerseys as possible. And how do you take Russell Wilson, who has the, uh, I believe now, is in second place in jersey sales in 2022. How do you move the Broncos into the front of the, 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 the class of that? You put a new logo, a new design on it. Now all the diehard fans have to buy another one. Is that something you would do when you put on your billionaire owner hat, Nate Jackson? Big surprise. Nope. I'm not in favor <laughs> of a new logo. I think our logo's fine. I actually think it's cool. Richie wants... Do you want a new logo? No, he doesn't. Anything. No, Richie's cool no with the logo. Demand. I'm the only one who's down for the D on the, on the side of the helmet with the horse. You want to bring school? back the old one? Yes. Yeah, no, I, think, I like the new one. I think it's sleeker. You know, I think it's more modern. It is sleeker. I think we go with what we have, but occasionally you, you bust out the old D as a retro kind of look. Throwback. I don't know. I, I, I'm a fan. Of, I, I've always enjoyed that logo, that look. So yes, John back in the studio agrees with me. Thank you, Johnny Fever. Uh, so there we go. We settled it. Uh, stadium stays in the same place. Richie's crazy. Uh, maybe 10 years from now, but leave it where it's at currently. It's, a, it's a, still a fine facility. We don't need to... So. If you are the billionaire owner, Nate Jackson, yeah. um, do you... Hold on, let me put my top hat back on. Do you go... <laughs> top my hat. monocle. All Someone right, said that on the Mr. Peanut hat. over here. Um, do you try to come up with some public funding for this new mm. stadium? Or considering you are the wealthiest owner... Just write the, the check. Just in, write no, no, the check. Just dude. write the check. Yeah. Out of the generosity, kindness of your heart, you write yep. the check? Yep. Yep. Wow. I mean, maybe you can get some of it funded, but I, I don't think that would sit super well. With, you know, if it was a dilapidated stadium like right. in Oakland, like this is this has got to go. Okay. We got to figure this out. This thing is falling apart. That stadium is not falling apart. You know, it did catch fire last year, but that stadium <laughs> that stadium is not falling apart. Right. It's, it's modern enough. You go down there. It's. I, I think it's a it's a good experience. I've been to a lot of stadiums in the NFL, and I and I think Empower Stadium is a fine stadium. And so. Um, Selling an idea, selling this idea to the citizens of Denver that you have to put money in so we can build a brand new fancy one with Fuddruckers and Chili's and all those others. And it's, I don't know if I don't know if people are going to be into that idea. I think you might have to really sell them on that. All right, I think the just just to put, add one more uh, bit to the stadium argument. I think Richie uh, is correct. Absolutely, that somehow the drive to the airport is some hill too hard to climb for Bronco fans. And oh my gosh, I got to do another 10 minute drive before I get to the stadium. That's a bit ridiculous. Uh, they're going to come no How matter the what. Uh, logistical question How yes. would the traffic be exiting? that game i'm sure they'll figure it out what do you mean by that well, I'm, well i mean there aren't a lot of ways into the airport uh there's a couple different ways there's there's a toll road there's uh i-70 there's there's your streets you can take there's a number of ways out there i just imagine the traffic leaving and getting there will be will you know imagine if you're getting on a flight I, you know what? You know me. I would hate. Imagine that. if you're getting on I a don't flight. Leave a lot of extra time. You, you so don't leave to, on on game day. I would not have to fly on game day. Yes. But and if it's a multi-use stadium, they're going to have all sorts of events there. Yeah, they are. Right. 
Final Fours. Right? Are you cool that, Richie? Concerts. Leaving three hours uh, earlier for the airport? Giant uh, truck events. There'll be the whole shebang bang out there. Yeah. 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 Just not a fan. All right, cool. Uh, the Broncos have a uh, perceived weakness at a position on defense, and a player who could certainly help them out has just requested a trade. Uh, is he a fit? How would that work? Nate and I will dive into that next. Live from UC Health Training Center, Elite Sportsbook presents Training Camp 2022, ready to ride. Here's Chad and Nate. Roquan Smith of the Chicago Bears, previously of the Georgia Bulldogs, one of the best young linebackers in the NFL, a guy with tremendous cover skills, has requested a trade. Not happy with the way that the negotiations are going with the Chicago Bears. Um, considering uh, of all the question marks around the, this Broncos team, inside linebacker has been a question mark for years and years and years. Uh, it looks as if, uh, now it's a small sample size, only a couple of padded practice here to evaluate from, that Josie Jewell has continued to grow and better his game. And then Jonas Griffin has looked to step forward from being a mostly a special teams guy last year to now maybe being a uh, full-time uh, true inside linebacker on this team. Certainly doesn't seem to be making a lot of mistakes out there, missing a ton of plays. So that is... The inside linebacker position. Should the Broncos look at somebody like uh, Roquan Smith? I think I think it's worth it. I think it's worth a phone call. Okay. I think it's worth a phone call. A guy like that wants out. Now it's also the type of thing where maybe they figure it out because he feels disrespected. He feels like they're trying to strong arm him. He feels like he they're trying to force his hand, and he wants out because his feelings are hurt. Uh, how hurt are they? Is he being serious or is it one of those like you know? Erase my Instagram pages type of thing, like trying to put pressure on a team to come to your, you know, to come to the table and negotiate on your terms. But as far as bringing a guy in right now um, of his quality, he would instantly upgrade this defense. That's 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 a fact. Um, whether or not he would take Ju- Josie Jewell's spot or, or both of those guys could be out there together, I think the Jonas Griffith thing out there is the question mark. The guys are trying to figure out if he can be a starter, if he can be a full-time guy that could be an impact player in the NFL. So I think Roquan Smith, yeah, might as well make a call and see what see what they're talking about. But no way they want to trade this guy. You know, he's a 25-year-old um, linebacker who's, shoot, had a lot of production in this league, and there's not a lot of guys like him out there. So, But I would say at this point, very unlikely that it happens. Uh, the guys who are out there right now are the guys we got to get comfortable with. But it seems like it's been kind of, a story that's been repeated several times this offseason and this summer, too, with guys feeling disrespected by the team they're negotiating with. Debo, Debo Samuel as well um, and other guys. Do you think it's just the team is going to rake you over the coals if they can? Or do you ever see just a team coming to the table and giving you the deal that you want? Outside of quarterbacks, it seems like uh, negotiations are just far more prone to get contentious now. And obviously the players have the uh, avenue of social media to voice their displeasure. Uh, Von Miller uh, editing John Elway out of pictures. 
Von Miller was coming off being the Super Bowl MVP. And that negotiations became a real case of hardball and, and feelings and uh, hurt feelings got involved and all that. So it was I don't know what you're talking about for all those guys. Um, so Roquan Smith sounds like he's in a similar place to maybe where Von Miller was. He feels as if this is entire process hasn't been a negotiation. Just the Bears trying to strong arm and strong arm with a take it or leave it deal. This is from Ian Rappaport on Twitter. Um, this backloaded offer, which would not make him the highest paid in actual salary, has proposed de-escalators that not a single player out of the 94 non-quarterbacks with a $15 million plus contract has in their contract. He was offended. So we saw the whole Kyler Murray thing went down with the homework clause that the Cardinals had to take out of that contract. Looks like the Bears are trying to put a de-escalator clause in Roquan Smith's contract, and justifiably, the player is hurt and offended. Uh, So is this a bridge that is burned? Uh, But for the Broncos, I guess... They need to see what's going to happen on this Thursday and Saturday to really evaluate what they have at this position. Yeah. It's been difficult to evaluate anyway yeah. because of the lack of contact and padded work. But when you're going against your own team, it's even more difficult. So let's see what Jonas Griffin, let's see what Josie Joe, what they bring when it's time to go against somebody else Thursday and Saturday. There's some kids playing catch uh, with a football right right by our tent. And let's just say they don't have the accuracy of Peyton Manning. <laughs> Richie has almost been hit in the head two to three times. But the little man over here keeps making the catches. So good hands, bro. Um, yeah, dude, it's hard to evaluate these guys, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it? And, and Nathaniel Hackett talked about he wants to see more pop. Well, then you got to have more practices that where you give guys a chance to pop. Because it's not going to happen on practice number two or three, you know, the way you want it to, especially when there's two or three days in between that. So I think this is just a casualty of the way you're deciding to run camp, that you're just not getting a look at the guy's physicality and aggressiveness with pads on. And you want guys to go into the season ready to pop, ready to bang, feeling that energy flowing through them and, you know, the, that kinetic energy that leads to a big hit. We're not seeing any of that because they're not practicing it. So hard to say we need Roquan Smith because these guys are inadequate when we haven't seen them really play the position. I will agree that we have an incomplete evaluation. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing this week go on, and maybe we can answer that question a little bit better. Obviously, I think the Bears don't want to lose Roquan Smith, and the fact that he's taking it public, uh, maybe this thing will get ugly, and there's an opportunity for the Broncos to steal a player, possibly. Uh, Caden Davis, once again, continues his streak of being the first guy on the field, quickly fired by Quinn Miners. Uh, Both guys getting themselves warmed up out here. It is a fully padded practice here at UC Health Training Center. Uh, They are going to get some pop done. Uh, Coach Hackett talked about wanting more pop, so I'd imagine that was the message to this group, and there'll be an increased level of physicality out here today. Yep, today they got the they got the football pants on and and it's fixing to be a longer practice. And like we said earlier, man, this is going to be their last chance at this uh, as a team. Uh, next week they're going to be starting to dial it back. But I don't know how you dial back a training camp that it wasn't dialed up. You know what I'm saying? They're still going to be practicing, right? They still will be practicing. So they yes. just go home a little earlier, but they go home between seven and eight right now. Yeah, now you so, go home at five or six. So yeah, so training. So it's not much of a difference. We're not going to be out here. Right. You know, we're not going to be out here watching this, but I imagine their, their schedule isn't going to change much. So, uh, yeah, while, 
you know, the Hill's not going to be open for fans anymore. We're not going to be broadcasting here. Training camp, as we know it, as we've seen it, is probably going to continue this way until they make their final cuts. Do you remember those last that last day of training camp and how happy you were? Oh my gosh! To go home to start living on a normal schedule. You get home at like five. You're like, what do I do with all, myself? Except, right? I got all this time. Yeah. What am I going to do? Wow. Yeah. I yeah. might even go to the grocery store yeah. or something. <laughs> wow. I'm going to fill up my gas tank. Yeah. Cool. Do some laundry. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Walk the dog. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, because you know, and gosh, in Pittsburgh, uh, we were in meetings to about ten thirty. Uh, in Seattle, probably about 9.30. New England, we were typically done around 10, 8, about 10 p.m. as well. Um, so once we broke camp, then the schedule became a little bit more similar to regular season. It could have been an extra meeting or two thrown in there. So maybe you're leaving the facility about 7 o'clock uh, as opposed to leaving the, season, the facility about 6 o'clock during the regular season on a regular schedule. So it was a little bit extended. But, yeah, that stark difference between training camp, two-a-days, and then, oh, my gosh. I'm home at 5 o'clock. What, what do I do with myself? Yep. And so so when you don't have a difficult uh, camp, then you don't have that relief afterwards either. So th- it's just kind of one long one long road here. And these guys are, you know, of course, they're, you know, they're working hard. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying the players aren't doing what they're asked to do. You know, the, the players aren't, you know, um, dragging around. They're, they're not being lackadaisical. They're doing exactly what they're asked to do. I expect them to have a physical, fast-paced um, fit practice where they are hitting each other today. You just wonder if, like, like, like we used to dial up a goal line period every, you know, three or four days, Woo. which is live. Wow. We are tackling here, yes. okay, because uh-huh. you're on the one-yard line. Not a lot going on here other than us trying to get over that line. So you're bringing them to the ground. This is a full-speed period. They haven't done any of those. Do you imagine they'll do any with the Cowboys on Thursday? I would, If I were Coach Hackett, I would feel uncomfortable with that situation uh, because we haven't dialed it up yet. We haven't done short yardage and goal line in a super physical practice. Uh, but don't you got to do it at least once before the real games? I, I would think you have to some way, somehow. Maybe once you, after the first preseason game and the guys are got a little bit of callus and tough skin built up from a preseason pre- I, I don't know. That's, that's interesting because in Pittsburgh, we did a Wednesday night practice at Latrobe High School. We took yellow buses from St. Vincent College to Latrobe High School and had a Wednesday night bloodbath practice. It was insane how physical this thing was. Um, like to the point of I would put on the foam shoulder pads, the shocker shit, the, the, the shells, yeah. and then put my, my shoulder pads on top of that. Because mm. it was 7.30 at night at Latrobe High School, and it was short yardage and goal line. It was You abs- went to the high school just for that? Just. We played under the lights, took a yellow school bus. It was as throwback of a NFL experience as I've ever had. Do you remember having injuries to your teammates during those periods? Uh, no. We, we, we found a way to be incredibly physical, yet take care of each other. But, I mean, literally, if Jerome scored, Jerome jumped up and spiked the ball. Yeah. If we stopped him, Get your blank off the field. We just shut you. I mean, it was. You said get your blank off the field? Uh, not in real life. Oh, in reality. But that would be here for the rare airwaves. So, yeah, yeah. you got to keep it slightly clean. But it was as competitive as a period as I've ever had in a football practice. That's how we prepared for goal, goal line and short yardage situations. And do you think that prepared you 
to to play in a game. Like, oh, do, you, do you think it made you better in goal line situations in the game? Absolutely. To practice it? Absolutely. Okay. Interesting. Yes. Interesting theory. Full speed, full physicality, tackling to the ground. It was one day a week. It was the one period where we could actually tackle in practice outside of, say, like a mock game. Um, but that was... I mean, it, everything was so close quarters. It wasn't massive collisions. Yeah, right. As, exactly. As raw and as physical as you could be in the midst of that short space. And as weird as it seems to say this, I feel like that's a relatively safe period to do with football players because those short collisions and the you know you don't have all kinds of speed built up. Like, right. Let's look at the injuries that have happened to these Broncos during training camp. Uh, uh, Tim Patrick, all alone tears his ACL. Right. Demaria Crockett, all alone tears his ACL. And there are no real close quarter injuries. Yeah, Aaron Williams hurt himself, you know, uh, way outside on the edge. Exactly. Right. But but the part of football that you really need to master, the blocking and the tackling, that close quarter push, that stuff, you're going to have to do it over and over and over and over and over in a game. you got to get ready for it somehow. Yeah, you want to be the most physical team in short yardage and goal line situations, whether it's offensively or defensively. The more physical team wins those situations. And the only way I know to be more physical is to practice being physical. So, uh, Rich, Rich, you just spent the last 10 minutes responding to those who uh, on the text line who agreed with him or trying to dispel those who didn't. You've been at it, man. Good try. Yes. Richie, uh, good use of time. <laughs> when we come back, we have our distractions segment. That's next. Hey, this is Nate Jackson. Thanks for checking out Chad and Nate On Demand, presented by SCL Mortgage, the home of MySpecialMortgage.com.